I'm sorry that I missed your party. I wish I had a better excuse, but I can't even lie, you got me. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. Let's get ready to rumble. Welcome to Aya versus the big boys. Tonight's fight. The Lost Boys. Hello and welcome. My name is Kevin Cookman, resident big boy and ringleader for the matchup of the century. As you very much know, we are stuck in a global ass pandemic, all working from home. I really need to cut that part out. Uh, the side effect of that, we have a lot more free time to catch up on media of all shapes and sizes. We all have movies we know we should have seen by now, but just haven't. All right, call it the canon. Call it the IMDb Top 250 or call them the big boys the pinnacles of cinema maybe the most explicitly patriarchal artistic medium of all time it is time for a bro movie beatdown without any further ado as in today's episode and every episode i am joined by the titular prize fighter herself aya lame we're doing this again i see <laughs> Uh, it's uh, our special Halloween episode. I gotta bring out the Dracula voice. I was listening it's my to specialty. Um, I was listening to older episodes of the pod, aka episodes it released like what, like last week. <laughs> and um, I had completely forgotten that you did that voice. And I listened to the podcast and I was like, oh god, what is what is he doing? <laughs> I blocked it out. I, I only want to make decisions on this podcast that make listeners want to turn away. <laughs> turn it off <laughs> they're like "Ooh, uh i was gonna give this one a shot i'm going to listen to conan o'brien's podcast instead hey aya happy halloween bud how you happy doing halloween. my dude i'm great i'm great um obviously we're not recording this on halloween um but um if you're listening for the benefit of the listener at home please imagine me dressed up as emily in paris um because that is exactly what oh the energy God. i'd like to channel on this episode this halloween episode either that or sandra bullock and speed i haven't um i haven't finished yet i haven't finished either and uh, imagine me uh shirtless and with spalding across my stomach because michael jordan he can manhandle me any day baby you can do whatever wow. he wants to me wow that's like, the costume you're like wilson but um more sexualized yeah tom hanks fucks wilson that's the movie i want <laughs> gross uh icky yucky okay look i we have a big episode big episode. we have whew, it's halloween time it's a movie you've always wanted to see we even have a special guest but i if i may if i may spread a special message to our Halloween listeners. Oh, oh, hit it. All right, listen here, you little bitch. All right, Whoa. I am serially online, okay? I am perpetually logged on, brain rotted, <laughs> eye in the sky. I see you motherfuckers, okay? I see the indoor small gatherings. I see the dinner parties, the group vacations, and the clubbing. I see it all because you limp dick shitters have the gall to defy your civic duty as non-viral genociders and then post it to your 2,200 follower, 101 likes per post Instagrams, you sociopaths. Oh, but Kevin, the area I live in is reporting low infection rates. 
terrific. I'm glad you live in 1835, where it takes six days to and fro to horse and buggy your ass to the nearest town for a quart of liquid chicken fat, you secluded dipshit. I'm relieved that modern travel has not dominated your Amish ass. And I'm even more relieved that you're inherently trusting the statistics of a state that purposefully and on record has underreported infection rates to ensure the reopening of the economy. And I'm also sure that your greasy friends are as honest about their COVID test results as they are their gonorrhea, okay? Don't go to a Halloween party, you troglodyte bitch. Open up an Etsy or sell some drawings or start streaming on Twitch. Keep yourself busy so you don't pneumonia your local brown, black, and homeless neighbors into a bloody lung grave, you dirty pigs. Happy Halloween. I, this is a great episode. That was beautiful. Oh. That was really inspired. Inspired! <laughs> Let's get this show on the road, baby. I am so excited or who's joining us today. Aya, who the fuck is joining us today? Folks, today we have a very special guest, a Lost Boys stan. Um, I hope it's okay that I called you that. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Long Island's own Criterion Twitter YouTube queen, Miss Allie McIntyre. Hello. Hello, hello, Allie. Hello, world. This is so cool. Welcome <laughs> to Aya versus the Big Boys. Thank it's Aya and Allie versus the Big Boys today, baby. <laughs> I am so stoked that we got this to happen. I I found Allie's YouTube account because this summer there was one of the big Barnes & Noble Criterion 50% off sales. And I am one of those. I mean, all three of us are the those motherfuckers who worship that sale. We flock to it. And of course, the best part is going into the store and sorting through all the DVDs. Oh, Kevin, don't. It's going to hurt me. <sighs> it's so good. And you know what I love to watch? My favorite fucking YouTube subcategory are the Criterion Hall videos where people take their camera through the stores and they show you their shopping experiences. I am addicted to those. Uh, however, it's usually all dudes that are just buying Charlie Chaplin movies. Um, that's like every single one of the shopping videos. Uh, and then I found one of Ali's videos just on a whim. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is like the remedy to like the sweaty YouTube age of like dudes in Indiana buying like the seventh Kurosawa movie they haven't seen. Uh, Ali knows what she's talking about. We, it's, it's an honor to have her on the show, baby. Thank you. Allie, what was your Criterion <laughs> haul this summer? What was the haul? Oh my God, I don't even remember. I got Portrait of a Lady on Fire Same. and My Own Private Idaho over the summer. I got that. I got I got Come and See. Um, Ooh. Oh, me too. Yeah, that was oh, a great I got, transfer. Uh, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. That was that's. Such I a was good thinking movie. about buying that one today. De oh my god, that's such a good movie. And I got In a Lonely Place, the Humphrey Bogart. Oh my god, that's my favorite Nicholas Ray. That movie it's is so, so sad, good. so <laughs> lovely. Oh my god, see, Ali is our people, so it, it's it's nice to have her on the show talking about a movie that, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I've researched, she fucking loves. Uh, Guys, let's just get right into it. Let's get let's get right into the belly of the beast. Aya, you have never seen Joel Schumacher's 1987 The Lost Boys until not. now. Right. Kick things Correct. off. Hey, Aya. Wow. What'd you think? 
Lots of hotties. Wow. Hotties abound in this one. Wow. <laughs> boys are out. To quote Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, boys are out tonight. Um, just boys, 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 if you will. Um, it was fun. Fun as hell. I love Joel Schumacher. Um, and that statement is um, based purely on my lifelong passion for um, the fandom of the opera. Uh, great. <laughs> have you seen? Kevin, have you seen the fandom of the opera? Allie, have you I seen have. the fandom of the I opera? Have. I missed out on that train. I missed it. <laughs> what? I have never seen any of the versions of Fan of the Opera. Am I missing out Allie, that what bad? Do you think? Yes, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> Allie, what do you think? I, I actually I agree. And the music is Thank intense. You. So good. I watched it early quarantine with some friends. Uh what I lost my good goddamn mind. I mean I'd seen it a million times, but to rewatch it, every time I watch it, I'm like, this movie gets fucking better. It's so fun. So I was ready because I love me. I think he is high camp and I love it so much. I did also watch, I started one of his Batman, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Joel Schumacher is one of those dudes that makes movie ass movies. Mm -hmm. Like it is taking full advantage of the, like the earliest promises of the spectacle of cinema. It's, He's ex- as excited about color as filmmakers were at the advent of color film. It's it's a guy that just goes buck wild. And it's crazy that most of his movies suck because his <gasps> enthusiasm for making movies is just like through the roof. He was a legend while only having like maybe two legendary movies at best. I've, I just realized he also did St. Elmo's Fire, which I have seen. And it makes sense because that movie is... Of all the like brat pack, brat pack movies, it was it's the most insane. It's so over dramatic. <laughs> it's so fun though. I love it. Yeah, I pers- I I loved half of this movie. Honestly, I think if I watched it when I was younger, I would have like creamed my jeans over the entirety of it. But at this point, I I loved the parts with like the kids and like the relationship of like the brother with the kids and the rest. I was like, it's a little much. And if it's going to be that much, I want um, the Phantom to be singing to me the entire time, you know? Okay, you, you, you're you missing some some full operatic shit in this. I know, I'm like, take it one step further. Give me Lost Boys the musical. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't disagree. Before we get further in, Ali, I think you like this movie way more than either Aya or myself. What's What's your Lost Boys take? Um, so I absolutely love this movie, um, but I, I like, grew up on it. I say this like I grew up in the 80s, but I probably watched this for the first time in, like, 2009. Um, <laughs> but I just, it's so good, and, like, it's so campy to me, and, like, over the top, and I love the music. Like, I love that whole part in the beginning oh, with the saxophone so player. Like, <laughs> uh, it's so homo, like, homoerotic, too, and, like... The costumes, I just love it. It's it's so good. It's one of the most like downright fun movies I think I've ever seen. Like it, I, I by the time it ended, I felt the same way when I get off like a Universal Studios ride. Okay, fuck yeah, I'm not gonna remember much of that, but I will remember that I want to do it again. <laughs> yes. It just it takes you through all the beats that you want to go through to have a good time. That being said. It's usually at the expense of a lot of the more interesting things that this movie hints at. Like, I never realized that Jason Patrick and Corey Haim 
like the whole angle that they used to be kids of hippies and now they're not i don't know what the fuck that is i don't know where that's coming from maybe there's an angle here where it's like oh okay the vampires are like hair metal punks and it's you know the typical 80s conservatism of the breakdown of the nuclear family but like Joel Schumacher doesn't seem to be interested in that. He just wants vampires to fly around and eat maggots and punch kids through the chest with their fist. It's great. He just wants the dope shit. Even though I'm kind of, I keep thinking that like maybe I would fully love this movie if it was the 2020 remake adaptation. You know what I mean? You want like Luca Guadagnino's Suspiria of this movie? I just, oh my God. I just like quivered. When you said that, I just like, I got goosebumps. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> do I want one of the most outstatedly, profoundly gay filmmakers making a Lost Boys remake? Yes, miss. That's a big yes. With like a lot more politics just like sprinkled in that you like kind of get. <laughs> I feel like I'm the opposite. I want, like, I want, I want it to be like full, like the fun. <laughs> I mean, I know it is fun. But, like, the parts with the vampires, um, and I know I sound like an ass saying this because I love Twilight, but um, <laughs> the parts with the vampires for me were a little, the 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 uh, melodrama got a little bit out of control, and I kind of wanted it to be just, like, the fun of, like, the brother and, like, the sibling rivalry and, like, that whole situation. But no, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, that would have been boring. I want, I guess the, 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 the crazy, like weirdly dramatic vampires are fun. I'm I'm going back on my original take. I'm like, actually, this movie's great. Because I'm kind of agreeing with you. Because I'm I I think that all the stuff with the kids is a lot more fun than any of the Michael and David shit. I think the Michael and David, uh, like Michael finding the teen vampires on motorcycles and becoming a vampire, it should be the coolest part of the movie. But like, I just like. Corey Feldman with a fucking Rambo voice like throwing stakes into fucking random vampires hearts that's awesome I want that I don't want to see a coming of age movie I kind of just want to see goop and goo uh, I don't know Ali are there I, I it feels like the Lost Boys there are two very distinct parts to it it's the kids and then the older teenagers do are both of them equally as entertaining for you or is there kind of moments in this movie where you find yourself waning a little bit um i like both i think definitely i like the beginning when michael discovers the vampires but i think as it goes on like that story just kind of then i'm more on like the the frog brothers side sort of like to say but i do i like both sides i think equally i think that the way that they don't kind of linger on each too long it is like really equally split. Like right when you think yeah. you're getting too much of Michael and David, you go right back to an extended bit with the Frog Brothers. And it's like just a perfect cross cut back and forth between every character in this movie. It's like a really trim, like 96 minutes, I think. And it's just a bullet train of just pure entertainment. I, where are they? Why are they all 130 minutes now? Why do we have to do that? <laughs> Why do you need more? That was so perfect. Oh, I love a movie that's just nice and petite. A petite film. I think a thing about this movie that I realized was going to be a problem for me is I think I don't like Kiefer Sutherland. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Elaborate. I genuinely, I don't know. I was watching this, this the film, and oh. every time he was on screen, I was like, "Get a little of this, this fucking guy." <laughs> <laughs> I get. I, Allie, do you like Kiefer Sutherland? <laughs> I don't really have much of an opinion, honestly. I feel like I haven't seen enough of his stuff. Like he was kind of he was kind of gross looking in this film, though. He should be hotter, yeah. right? <laughs> Are you just mad yes! that he's not hot enough in this movie? <laughs> Is that it? Is that your hang-up? I think that kind of plays into it. I don't know. I'm looking at his filmography right now. I'm realizing I've basically seen nothing that he's been in except for um, (laughs) one of the greatest films of all time, uh, A Few Good Men. And um, which I haven't seen somehow. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, you don't have a white dad, Kevin. I will say that you don't have a white dad. (laughs) Ali, I can't speak for you. I have a white dad, which means that every single time it's on TNT, like it's on in my home. (laughs) the, The film. The cut down, edited for television, A Few Good Men is on, on our big TV, like in the living room when it is on TNT. So um, I don't know. I don't really, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because he should be hotter. I just think he's not very good. Like, I don't, I don't find him appealing. I, I think he needs to be like, I think if you were going to, I think what's funny is I think about this role and I'm like, if you were going to give this role to somebody, like maybe if this was remade in like 2013, like Robert Pattinson would be perfect for that role. But like Robert Pattinson now at that age, do you know what I mean? Which is funny because like in Twilight, he's such like a restrained vampire, but like what you need in this movie is like a fucking crazy guy. And I feel like Keith Sutherland's trying too hard to be hot and like sexy and alluring and he's not. So it, so it like detracts from the entire performance because I want him to be like, I want him to be like off the walls crazy, which I don't think he can get. So you want the Lost Boys starring Jason Patrick and Crispin Glover? That's your dream. Of this movie. <laughs> a little bit. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> give me, give me Crispin Glover. Yeah, like he's, st- not, he's also not hot enough, Kevin. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, stoic hot guy, bad guy is uh, boring. I'm with you. I'm with you. I do think that there are few actors in horror cinema, though, that look better as a vampire than Kiefer Sutherland in The Lost Boys. Like, when he's doing that, you know, like the good, when he has the teeth down and everything. Yeah, yeah. Scary looking man. A scary scary looking monster, dare I say. Uh, I think he makes the full transition with that shitty face he has, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, actually, I'm in when he's ugly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I, we're just finding that you're deeply ableist against ugly people. That's really what this is. Welcome to I versus the big boys. No <laughs> uglies allowed. Have you seen um, Freeway with uh, Reese No, Wilson? but my friend just recommended that to me. I've got to watch it. That movie is unhinged. Is. That, that movie is like, it should be illegal. I <laughs> uh, love that. Anything unhinged with Miss Reese, I'm in. <laughs> my attention. Like that's what I think of when I think of like Kiefer Sutherland, and he's also in um, Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me, which is also like a very like unhinged. I did just film, see that on his filmography. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he plays like an FBI agent, like the nerdy. Like they cast Kiefer Sutherland as like the nerdy guy in Fire Walk with me. It's very it's, bizarre. It's, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> kind of inspired. <laughs> Because he looks like a dork idiot. Is that, again, that's the Keith Sutherland take. No, I just think, I mean, he's just like a lot more like, I don't know, like this is, for me, I'm watching him like this isn't his role, you know? Like now that everyone knows him as like, I mean, again, I now know him as like the 24 guy, you know? Or the designated survivor as my mother would. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, if you good man, he's like just like a normal fucking dude. Like I don't see him as like, you know, 
the cool guy. He's just kind of like a man who's good at his job. <laughs> so I'm like, I see him as like a nerdy re- like reporter guy because I'm like, yeah, that, I feel like that fits more in with a man who's good at his job than a vampire, the leader of a vampire group. Sutherland is a weird guy because Jack Bauer 24, that's like his big role that he'll always be known for. But that's coming off like a string of roles in the 80s and 90s where he's just playing creeps and bullies and dorks that all get like pummeled into the ground by the end of the movie. That's that's what his entire career was. And then he becomes like a CIA operative who like interrogates people with spoons. Like that's his his big turn. So wild. Weird man. And an ugly man, evidently. I don't think he's ugly. I didn't say he was ugly. I just don't think he's hot enough to be like, the like dripping with sex like lead the, guy yeah, you know head. like it's very different yeah like he's he's the seducer he's seducing michael over to to the dark side and uh look i just want to let's let's throw the blow the top off this fucking thing i don't really have the background to speak on this so i'm hoping that maybe you two could help me out here uh this movie feels like it should be the gayest movie ever made. Why is it not the gayest movie ever made? Again, Kiefer Sutherland does not have the, uh, the <laughs> he does not have the homoerotic energy. He doesn't have it. I think that's part of why I'm not into it. Um, I don't understand, honestly. I think the musical idea would have really worked there because at least they could have been <laughs> singing to each other. And, you know, Joel Schumacher, I think he's gay. I'm pretty sure. I feel like there's almost no question in my (laughs) mind, right? (laughs) I'm pretty sure he is. And, like, vampires to me just screams, like, gay. Yeah. So I I don't understand, really. I mean, but all the guys were, like, sleeping with each other in the cave. (laughs) That's, like, the closest (laughs) thing we get. I think it's, it's pretty evident that, like, this is what happens when you give the same material to a male director and a female director and sort of what sort of emotions they will pull out of it. Because I'll I'll say it, uh, Michael and David, uh, they're no Johnny Utah and Bodie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the Lost Boys, with a perspective that is not this hyper-mask blockbuster director appointed by Richard Donner, the director of the Superman movies, I feel like that's a completely different experience that is more in line with the sort of I don't know, like the lustiness of, of vampire lore, you know? Uh, just an update that um, ahem, uh, Schumacher has said that he had had sex with between 10,000 and 20,000 men. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. to the legend, frankly. That's like, oh, it was, you know, give or take 10,000. 10 to 20,000 men, you know? Wow. Again, rip to the legend, rip to the king. <laughs> if you say that, like maybe like ten to thirteen thousand is more reasonable, but leaving like a ten thousand ditch 10, in the middle, thousand range. <laughs> wow! From all I've heard, the set of the Lost Boys was a fuck fest. Uh, Alex Winter and all the other vampire dudes, they would just own uh, Santa Cruz at night. They were just uh, local celebrities that were able to do basically whatever they wanted in the town. Very much uh, like the vampires they play. Uh, and I'm sure Joel Schumacher got in on that as well. Uh, this really? is like a, a very fun <laughs> movie to make. Like It, it is a, a movie that doesn't feel strained at all. It is very much going with the flow while also being just pitch perfect plotted. 
and just going at a pace that is obviously put together by someone who worships film, who worships screenwriting courses uh, in particular. Like this is very much, okay, this needs to happen a third of the way in your script. This is the midpoint. Here's where he saves the cat. Like it's, it's everything that I would typically despise in traditional storytelling, but it's just like, it's like Ratatouille or like a Pixar movie where like when you nail it that perfectly, it just becomes like, uh, like a, a brain stimulant, you know? It's just injecting pure crack cocaine into my sternum or something. The sternum <laughs> is not in your brain, by the way. Uh, I just realized when I said that, sternum is definitely not even close to the head, uh, but I'm going to keep it in there anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It's a very solid, solidly paced film. We're, we're talking about The Lost Boys on Halloween because this is maybe one of like the peak spooky season movies like it's not that scary but it has its moments of like gruesomeness it's perfectly like comedic while also having enough edge in there to keep like your most annoying like 17 year old cousin hooked it is just the right amount for every audience uh, is 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 there a better halloween movie than the lost boys Probably, but <laughs> I think this one is just so fun. Realistically. Like, <laughs> I just, I think this one is so fun. And I think, I think I like that it's not like overly, I, I see, I'm a huge like gore fan. Like I love just gore fest, you know, like shit like that. Um, and just slasher films in general. But I actually really like that there's some in the beginning. It's almost like Jaws. Where, like, you kind of don't see them in the beginning, and then it's the end. You kind of just see them all get killed. Um, so that's kind of what I love by it, love about it. And Death by Stereo doesn't get better oh, than Death that. Death by Stereo. <laughs> Sick. It's so rad. It has, like, such a profound sense of humor about itself that you can't help but, but laugh along with it. You know, you never feel like the movie is superior to you. You never feel superior to the movie. It's just a, it's the handshake emoji for 96 minutes. <laughs> It's perfection. <laughs> He's like, uh, let's have a nice time. Uh, Aya, I'm curious. Why do you consider The Lost Boys to be a big boy? What did you know about this movie coming into it? And is is this like, is this a movie for boys, you think? I think that's kind of part of why it's not clicking for me. I think it is a little bit too much like for the boys TM. Where I feel like, like as we said, I feel, I feel like it's very campy. I feel like it should be gayer. But like, I feel like the studio maybe got too involved i don't know i mean it's very like mask in a way that i'm not i don't find appealing you know it doesn't have the like point break edge it's just pure mask and it's fun i think what i think it's a big boy because i feel like i've seen a lot of dudes rep this movie they have the shirt they have posters like this one's like truly like what we when we describe the podcast we're always like if you know someone on your freshman dorm if they had this poster on their wall it's a big boy and this one feels very much like that like men are always like have you not seen the lost boys like i I mean i don't know i feel like that's the same with all the movies but this one feels especially like this one's like word of mouth like this is a big boy yeah like this is a movie that feels like when you grow up a little bit and you've outgrown the goonies you go to the lost boys and it's the exact same mood and that's sort of what can keep men in arrested development. You know, this is like... This movie is so much better than the fucking Goonies, though. 
I like the Goonies. I don't understand this Goonies movie. hate as of late. I hate it so much. What's I hate ha- it. What's hateable about the Goonies? Children, they're awful. Oh, well, <laughs> okay, you kind of, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a sleeper hold that you just put on me. <laughs> I don't know how to combat that. So, You're right. I, get, I love that. Kids like, suck. It's like very sweet. I get what they're going for where it's like a naturalistic, like, oh, they all are talking over each other, but I'm like, there's a reason why. I don't um, nanny. <laughs> it's because um, I don't want to watch children talk over each other. I like when they have lines and they are intended to deliver them independently of each other. Um, I love the kids <laughs> in this movie. They're so good. I love their, oh, this is what I want to talk about. I love their house so much. They keep saying it's a dump and that they got it for dirt cheap. I Lol. I have like corralled hundreds into thousands of dollars with friends to Airbnb homes that look just like that. Like <laughs> I, mean, I don't think they say it's cheap. I think that they're just like, oh, we need to save money and move in with de- with the grandpa because it's free. The grandpa's a legend, by the way. Oh, he's so good, <laughs> dude. That scene where he uses Windex as aftershave <laughs> is so rad. Oh my god. <laughs> This walk so my big factory wedding could run. <laughs> He's so good. I love Edward Herman in this too. Oh my god, I love Edward Herman. He's another iconic grandpa. I don't know. Gilmore Girls is like honestly Gilmore where Girls I know high bride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just very funny. It's very different role from uh, Richard Gilmore. Oh, totally. And then of course <laughs> Diane Weist doing her performance that she's done. <laughs> 17 times before. But it's always amazing. And God, I'll watch it in 18. Yes. It's, it's <laughs> the best. It's the best type. It's, oh. Diane Weist in this mode. She she also did this performance in that Clint Eastwood movie, The Mule. Uh, I mean, she's she's been doing it up until very recently. I can't get mule? enough. She's, oh, she's uh, I think she's Clint Eastwood's ex-wife. And they share a very tender scene together. Love that shitty movie fuck that movie but oh diane weiss gotta love her <laughs> she's in uh, the bird cage which is like one of my favorite movies let's do a, a weist cast <laughs> we're on the weist wagon this house that they're in is super weird because it also feels like there are remnants of a previous draft of this movie script i'm thinking mostly of the fact that in Corey haim's room there's that poster of uh of rob lowe um, that is unexplainable. <laughs> I, I I don't know what's happening there because I I feel like in most movies, like let's say a Boogie Nights, Mark Wahlberg has a poster of Bruce Lee on his wall. That kind of makes sense given the character. Shirtless Rob Lowe. I'm not really seeing it, Chief. <laughs> and he's doing he's doing like a pose too, like his hand. Is like a little like yeah. He, I'm like okay, bending his spine yeah. a little bit so it's like a curve. <laughs> uh, a, a evil man in an evil pose. Uh, it it is very odd that it feels like there are obviously many iterations of this movie that led up to the version that we see today. <laughs> I mean, maybe he just uh, he, his buddy Rob Lowe from Saint Elmo's Fire. He was like, put him in the movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like uh, it's like when Wes Craven puts uh, uh, Rose McGowan in a fucking in Johnny Depp's uh, football shirt in uh, in Scream. They they share the same costume. Don't you love when the director homages himself? Love that for him. (laughs) That's like a a very big energy. He must have been like, I just love Rob Lowe. Get him in the film. (laughs) 
Maybe Rob Lowe was going to play the big brother. Who knows? So The Lost Boy is kind of too much of a movie for boys. Uh, one of the big things that we've been talking about on the podcast this month for our spooky month where we've just been talking horror movies and sort of horror communities, um, we've been talking about exactly that, the horror community. Uh, and it's I bring it up because it's a lot of like all black wearing, metal loving, usually nice and open, smelly dudes. Yet they're all kind of worshiping these movies that historically and contextually usually kind of hate women. Uh, and I'm curious, Ali, being a woman in like a, in, in like a horror space, did, have you felt any like hostility in this space? Do you feel like it welcomes you as much as you welcome it? Um, that's actually super interesting because I actually think the horror like community in general is super welcoming. I used to be like super into it. And honestly, I I kind of have the opposite opinion on that where to me, a lot of horror films almost have this kind of feminist um, tone behind it because so many, I mean, this obviously is not part of that, but there are so many of them where, like, it's the woman who kind of gets revenge and, like, she's usually the surviving character and, like, she's usually the one that, you know, take, as I said, like, takes the revenge. And so I actually think horror is a super feminist um, genre. But, I mean... Totally. The Lost Boys is just, I mean, it's just about guys, so... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm with you because I, it's... It's always something that, like, I, I'm i always surprised when I, I find, like, when I re-immerse myself into the horror community, and I'm like, oh, you guys are, like, really just sweethearts. Like, it's always really weird to me, because I feel like there are a fringe select few that are all like, oh, yes, I am also a neo-Nazi, here is my death metal band about killing all Jews. And I'm like, oh, and they have like a Friday the 13th, the final chapter poster on their wall. And I do ah! uh, <laughs> Of course, a fringe select few, mm-hmm. but it's always the one that kind of like gets into like the, the, the cop in my brain that I've stomped out like seven times, but keeps coming back like a fucking Looney Tunes character. Like the cop in all of our brains where it's just, oh, there's, there's, there's still some people here that we should probably look over this entire subculture. And the horror community is always one that I'm like, I trust you, kind of. Yeah. Even though every experience I've had has been exceedingly positive. I, I mean, I and I have spoken, like, I mean, it's almost like we're sponsored by them. Fucking Beyond Fest and, like, the Egyptian. And just, like, everyone at the Arrow and just the Vista. Like, all of these communities that do have their freaks in them. But they are the type of freaks that are like, oh, your your problem is that you just talk too much. Like, that's fine. <laughs> that's cool, man. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm genuinely relieved. Because I am I always want to ask to see what other people's experiences are so that I don't find myself ignoring shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it, I, I guess something that I'm learning from this pod is that, no, the horror community is just genuinely uh, friendly. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely, like, other kind of communities in, like, film in general that can honestly be, like, more, I want to say, like, pompous or, like, you know, they're less accepting because they you kind of have to, like, prove that you're, like, into it. And I think with horror, it's it's not like that at all. 
and I mean that's like the meat and potatoes of Iover's The Big Boys. It's just like looking at the bro culture <laughs> of film loving and uh and and it just shitting in their mouths uh to put it ever so eloquently <laughs> <laughs> Allie, uh, what's your favorite horror film texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> Yo. we did a, an episode uh, a few months ago uh that is a movie that we saw at the drive-in uh i saw the drive-in for her very first time mm-hmm. and goddamn, that is just like I'm standing in my room right now and it's like a pretty warm day and I feel like sweaty and gross. And on top of that, I'm like, okay, it looks like I'm in the perfect condition to go watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I want to put it in right now. <laughs> I It's actually playing at a drive-in uh, next week by me and I'm totally going to go check it out. Um, and I'm so excited. <laughs> but it's definitely, and the funny thing with that movie too is it's, to me, it's not like a Halloween movie and it's because it like takes place during the summer. So like I love watching it on like, like a 90 degree day just like in my room like it just feels so right <laughs> what's the best halloween movie then Ooh, i don't mm. yeah if it's not the lost boys we got <laughs> we got to come back to this question we're, we're gonna what grill you on it what is it ali uh maybe probably evil dead oh fuck <laughs> we saw those together that was the double oh, feature <laughs> yeah it was cool i love so many though i like as a as a halloween movie i have to say i love hocus pocus I love Evil Dead. I love I love all the Scream films, even though some of them are terrible. Scream Fogs. I've only seen the first Scream. I didn't I haven't made it to the past, but maybe that might have to be my Halloween weekend plan is watch all of them. And of course Hocus Pocus Fox. Hocus yeah. Pocus is so good. <laughs> the general vibe of it. I feel like I always end up going to like a screening of it around town or like somewhere and it's just like the vibe like they captured like it, I live in Los Angeles, you know, but like every time I watch it I feel like I'm in Salem, Massachusetts. And it's like, I'm cold and tighter and leaves falling, baby. It's freaking fall. I feel like it. I feel it. I wish it was here, but it's not. I'm a big fan of like Halloween movies that take place on Halloween for Halloween day. Like you have the essentials. You have like Trick or Treat, which was like uh, like a direct-to-DVD indie movie that, that suddenly movie. became. I'm, I'm not sorry. big on it either. I hated I'm it. I'm not crazy about it. <laughs> What's your beef, Allie? It was just terrible. I just, I didn't like it at all. I honestly. Is that the one with like vignettes? Yes. They all take place like in one night. Uh, it's like, it's fine. It, it it really just gets by on the fact that like it's, it's just the spirit Halloween store, the movie. <laughs> it just uses every single decoration possible. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Um, Back in like the 90s and 80s, the BBC would just air these TV movies that were incredibly experimental and very disturbing. Uh, and in like 1991, maybe 1993, they, without any notice, they aired this special called Ghost Watch. And it was hosted by a bunch of like the regular TV hosts at the BBC. And it was like this special where they were calling in. Uh, Basically, to uh, audience members were calling in, reporting spectral incidents in their neighborhood. And while that's happening, they have a camera crew over at this house that this mother and her children claim is haunted. And so it is this live feed, found footage, ghost story, mockumentary. Oh, that's scary. That is, <laughs> like, it's, it's like, it's hosted by, like, fucking, like, England's Savannah Guthrie, you know? And it's just... <laughs> No one gave the audience any alert. It aired on Halloween night, 
And it was just one of the greatest, like, War of the Worlds style pranks in all of broadcasted media. That shit has become my new, like, MVP for, like, Halloween night suggestions. That shit is so fun. What about you, Aya? What's your, what's your favorite Halloween movie? Ooh. Oh, God. I ask. I don't even know my answer. I mean, I Weak. love Nightmare Before Christmas, of course. I'll watch it. I don't know. Some people are like purists about when they watch it. I watch it for both for both holidays. I watch it on Halloween and I'll freaking watch it on Christmas Eve. Um, gosh, I like uh, I, last year I watched Halloween for the first time and that holds a special place in my little heart because it was shot in um, my hometown of Pasadena, California. So I'm like, hell yeah. Um, God, I don't know. I'll get back to you. I mean, again, Hocus Pocus as well. Hocus Pocus is perfect. Um, Psycho, maybe I'll throw on a Psycho. Psycho's pretty good for that. Are there are there any Long Island horror movies? Amityville <laughs> Horror. Oh, oh fuck! Yeah. I drove by That's the house right. the other night. It was creepy. Oh, that's a, oh my is, God. Is, isn't it decorated? They it actually was <laughs> weird. Weird <laughs> choice. They had like a skull like on the grass in front of their house. I'm like. I'm like, is, you that, all know? is that appropriate? <laughs> 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 the Halloween house in South Pass, I ended up there on on Halloween last year. I was just doing errands and I ended up in South Pass and there were all these dudes dressed as Michael Myers <laughs> at the Halloween house in South Pasadena, like a bunch of them all dressed up in really accurate costumes. And I was like, I'm just going <laughs> to watch my car <laughs> that's incredible Run. Medicine. just sprint to my car thanks it was very menacing Stumbled my Fucking keys a. with the, the key out <laughs> the knife, yeah <laughs> okay look I'm, I'm glad we've been having all of this fun but honestly i've been using this time to really think about all of the nitpicks i have about the lost boys that i need to ask you to right now or i'm gonna fucking explode i'm gonna Go. fucking bl- explode okay okay i need some help are the vampires in this movie, are they hundreds of years old or are they roughly the same age as Michael? Same age. Same age? That's uh, my guess, Allie. <laughs> I was going to say maybe not hundreds of years old, but I think they, when they first turn him, I think they make a comment like, oh, you're going to have eternal life. So. Uh, they're kind of like recent converts. Yeah. Maybe like, okay. maybe like 70 years old. Oh, just, just a, that's my a, guess. A cool 70. Yeah. Because <laughs> I ask, because I'm like, let's assume they've been doing this for like decades. Is there still like a rush in just killing a mall cop? Like killing a boardwalk cop for some blood? Like, is that still like exciting to like hang off by the train tracks if you're, you've been just doing this for 70 years? That's what I wonder. That's what I fucking wonder. Here's another thing I'm very curious about that makes no sense to me. They make a big deal of blood. They got this bottle of blood. Michael drinks it. And he's like, oh, mm, 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 oh, precious blood. Oh, love it. Mm, mm, mm. Don't they kill like 70 fucking people in this movie? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think, like, is blood really that precious if they're just massacring people like nonstop? Isn't that special blood? Isn't that Keeper Sutherland's blood? Is it? Because that's hot. Is it really? Yeah, I think it was vampire blood because then that's how we got It's turned. vampire blood. Whoa. So <laughs> in The Lost Boys, you become a vampire if you drink vampire blood. Yes. And if you get bit by a vampire, you're just getting eaten. I think so. Yeah. Well, that's okay. the thing about most vampire most vampire pieces. Pieces. If you can, oh my if you god. Get, <laughs> if you get bit by the a Lost vampire, Boys. A piece. A piece. 
a piece if you get bit by a vampire they can like maul you and kill you or they can like bite you and then save you aka turn you into a vampire you know that's how a lot of the vampires in twilight get turned is because they're (laughs) already dying and then Carlisle gives them a bite and then, like, saves them. Allie, do you have any experience with Twilight? <laughs> Am I talking out of my ass? I have not seen Twilight in a really long time. So I can't really... Were you big into it back in the day? I wasn't, honestly. So, like, was it not, like, real horror? It was like, what are they doing to vampires? I don't, this sucks. I don't remember. I think just my, like, sister was, like, really into it. And I just wanted it to be different. And, like, I just, I just wasn't. <laughs> Hard. I don't know, like... <laughs> I was watching, like, just other horror movies at the time, so... You're watching, like, real horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we were all, like, horny and, like, yeah, just the <laughs> I think that was part of my teenage rebellion was, like, oh, I'm not going to be into, like, this popular movie, you know? Sick. Love that for you. I feel it. I was also that... I was also a dirtbag. It was <laughs> the most fun time of my life. <laughs> I got to say, watching The Lost Boys, uh, like, right now, uh, in, like, month eight of COVID times, it should make me miss a lot of things. But I'll be honest, I don't miss a crowded boardwalk at all. I I'm I do. totally fine if I never go back to that. Really? Really, Aya? Yes, you want to go to a crowded boardwalk? Like, more than anything, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, like, what I'm after right now. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, the, the the big thing that popped out to me was like, uh, naked saxman's concert looks exactly like a fucking like Florida boardwalk like Hunter Hayes concert like from two weeks ago, you know, like that vision very much in line with right now. That looks like one of the dates that they go on in The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple like spare notes here that are just kind of like. The Frog Brothers are admins for a QAnon page. I don't even know that. That's not even a topic. That was just something I. <laughs> they would. That's what they evolved to. They're like constantly like finding government secrets. <laughs> I feel like they're better. I feel like they're good people. They're not yeah. QAnon. They're like they're like you know they're like Riley and National Treasure. They're just like found this found out this conspiracy theory i'm dropping the worst references in this episode ali i swear to god i'm i'm a very intellectual woman oh my god (laughs) these are all no these are extremely bright you're getting national treasure (laughs) you're getting twilight joel schumacher's phantom of the opera like left and right uh so here's here's the here's the dealio we me and aya have been having a semi-debate over the month in terms of (laughs) lower budget horror versus higher budget horror. And Aya is very anti-high budget horror. Doesn't really work for her. Too many possibilities to do with that money. Go limited. That's how you get the most scariest shit. You can have the most freedom. Do you have a stance on this, Allie? Is Is there a better budget here? I think low budget horror movies are usually better. Um, because it's just more insane. And like you said, like, they kind of just can do whatever. Um, but, I mean, there's some, there's some really good, like, high budget. But, I mean, I think horror kind of starts with these, like, low budget. So, like, that's honestly what I would, like, I would go towards more. Um, yeah, I would have to say, I like low budget 
a lot better. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, if you have a low budget, you are technically honoring the game. Yeah. It's game respects game. Um, I guess I am defending high budget horror just because I think I have like a soft spot in my heart for Disneyland's The Haunted Mansion, which is just one of the most fun fucking things I could ever imagine. It's a, it's a haunted house where it's just the theme is spooky. There is no story. Uh, there's there's no nothing. It's just a, a, a billionaire uh, anti-Semite funding this very fun experience for children and, and adults alike. Uh, and there's something about that sort of mood that I really appreciate in, say, something as fun and blockbustery as The Conjuring, uh, where it's just, let's just th throw everything that's possible at the screen because that, in its own way, is this like this flurry of shit that you've never experienced, uh, or even something like last week with The Exorcist, where it's just let's pump a bunch of money into this uh, chiller so that we can get the most acute, perfectly technically precise scares possible. I love that shit. Lost Boys, kind of a cheapo, uh, which is kind of surprising because it feels big. It feels huge. Uh, coincidentally. Uh, adjusted for inflation, this has the same budget as Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, I believe $8.5 million in 87 uh, equates to 19 mil uh, today. And so it's just, these types of movies uh, of this size, I think this is maybe the perfect middle ground for me between high budget, low budget horror, this sort of range where Lost Boys and whatever Jordan Peele decides to do they feel bigger than uh, a camera in the woods and a bunch of teenagers getting chopped up to bits. You know, like the higher concept shit, I feel is super important to like just tap into the part of your imagination that isn't just, I want to look at like decapitated heads on Live Leak. You know, like there's something God. whimsical about uh, the Lost Boys that you kind of miss out when you're looking at like the last house on the left and like even like Texas Chainsaw Massacre which are last house on the left less so uh, but you know Texas Chainsaw, Ch Chainsaw Massacre a masterpiece not exactly a movie that I'm playing for the homies you know <laughs> not exactly a film I'm popping in and going yo bring out the beers let's do it <laughs> kind of one I'm just I'm, I'm gonna sit in the corner and sweat and cry at uh, while watching and the Lost Boys is just like in that alien mode of I want to go in on a Friday night. I want to have the most fun time of my life with my bros. <laughs> and I want to walk the fuck out into the arcade and forget 70% of it. That's what I want. That's what this movie gives me. Fuck That's it. Beautiful. You know what? I think I'm with Ali on this one. Five stars. Five stars for the rules. Lost Boys. <laughs> it rules. I are. are you convinced yet? Have have this has this conversation made you love this movie like a sweaty, neck bearded, lovely horror geek at a convention? A lovely horror geek. Um a lovely horror geek who's like paid forty dollars for an autograph from like the third vampire who's not Keeper Sutherland or Alex Winter. Um <laughs> I liked it. I thought it, was really, I thought it was fun. I think this conversation has turned me around a little bit more than I thought it would. And I think I want to watch it again and just like have a nice time. You know, I want to watch it with the boys. Watch it with the boys, baby. Dude, sometimes uh, uh, the big boys, sometimes they're friends and not foes. 
sometimes the big boys, you just want to hang with them. You just want to <laughs> crack a cold one and watch some movies with the big boys. <laughs> I is there? Do you have any closing sentiments, or do you want to get to just the down and dirty, the the icky and mucky, the most depraved segment of this podcast? This. I feel like the, I feel like this episode should have been like ten minutes of actual discussion about the film and like fifty minutes of this segment. Oh God, Ali, I'm so. I'm so it's sorry. The, it's the most important part of the film, I believe. Aya, who was the hottest of the flick? Okay, I must give the title to my old friend, my guy, um, fellow Pasadena resident, uh, King, Alex Winter. His hair oh, was man. terrible, but he's a handsome man, and I love him. He's so pure. We stand. Alex Winter, he should have had a bigger role. Yeah, it's, it's very... It's a very, very generous thing to say that this is an Alex Winter movie. Um, maybe the most generous thing you could ever do for Alex Winter. God love him. God Not love in this movie at all. Of the listener at home, uh, Kevin did, per- released a ranked list of all of Alex Winter's films uh, in August, September of 2020. Uh, and that is why we're just big Alex Winter heads here. <laughs> Winter is coming, baby. Winter is coming, baby. <laughs> I mean, okay, but I say that. So he's honest with like, for me because King. We stand gorgeous man. Respect. Gorgeous. Respect the man. Respect. Those beautiful, like his droopy eyes. Oh my God, he's so beautiful. He looks like a Greek sculpture. Like he looks like the statue of freaking David. He's so pretty. There's so much hotness in this movie though. Jason Patrick, I was like astounded by how hot that man is. Like astounded. I would turn to Kelsey and I was like, oh, are you seeing this? <laughs> he's so hot i think joel schumacher does a good job with um with hotness you know when your characters i mean the phantom of the opera should not be sexy i I guess maybe he should be i don't know it's a to the benefit of the film that he makes the phantom of the opera fucking gerard butler and he's so hot (laughs) that raul is patrick wilson with a wig with a wig it's incredible like he does hotness very well. And this movie, when it wants to be hot, it's hot. Except for Keeper Sutherland, who's not hot enough. <laughs> that's a different story. So mean. So rude. Hot. I don't think that's rude. I don't think it's mean. I'm not calling him ugly. I just don't think that he has the level of sex appeal that that character should have. Okay, fair. When Keeper Sutherland listens fair. to this podcast, this is the... He's so hurt by this now. <laughs> He's going to like send us an email. <laughs> Our the first piece of viewer mail is going to be Keith or Sutherland. Keith or Sutherland. The girl is incredibly hot in this. I, uh, testament to the piece that I do not know her name. She was so hot. Unreal. Uh, the poster of Rob Lowe, very sexy. <laughs> it's a hot movie. It's a hot flick. Allie, Allie, would you care to weigh in on the hottest of flick? So I have a, I have a small list. Uh, but... Oh, fuck. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I think first, I do have to say Jason Patrick as Michael. Uh, his cheekbones are to die for. Incredible. Um, second is everyone's one earring I enjoyed in the movie. Yeah. That was a look. Um, and then Corey Haim's, um shirts. His, like, I don't even know what. Like, Hawaiian, like, kind of hippie just off the wall 80s t-shirt or not t-shirts but button-up shirts was definitely they're really good yeah <laughs> the fit game in this movie is unreal like it's there's incredible. that early in the movie like that button-up shirt with all the pattern colors on it that he has the collar completely flipped up on that is an absolute sicko fit that only a psychopath <laughs> 
<laughs> would wear something like that. It's either a psychopath or Corey Haim. You, no one else can wear that. I mean, dude, it's got to be Jason Patrick. Like He's so Jason hot. Patrick is is so hot in this movie. It's to his detriment. Like this is a level of hotness in your youth that you know you won't be able to maintain in your later years. And so you will always look back at this version of yourself as like an unobtainable goal. You are your own unobtainable goal. And I do not even want to imagine the restless nights that Jason Patrick has (laughs) in the year 2020, where he goes and does the Lost Boys in 87, is the sexiest man of the decade, and then follows it up with Speed 2 Cruise Control, and then nothing, nothing. (laughs) Just a a brutal trajectory. you thinking about all the hot dudes in this movie, though. I gotta. It, it brought me back to times where I was in uh, groups of dudes that were definitely way more attractive than me, and they were definitely the alphas of the pack. And we were out and about on the town. And uh, have, have you either of you ever been in situations where you got peer pressured into doing stupid shit like hanging off of a train train tracks as a train comes? Like, have you ever been hooked into shit like that? Because whenever I watch the Lost Boys. That's the shit that like triggers the repressed memories the most of just like, oh man, I'm like, I don't have the say in this group to do any, to, to say otherwise. So I kind of just have to do it. Is that something that resonates with anyone or is that just my trauma? Ooh, Kev, buddy. <laughs> okay. Sharing out the, I guess you're just talking uh, to two so... alpha girls here. <laughs> okay. I will say when uh, I, I watched this movie and I was in middle school and it made me want to have friends that were like like Corey Haim and like the Frog Brothers, you know. I wanted like a group like that. You. you know, we could hang out in a comic store and do our little missions. <laughs> That's very precious, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, uh, I just exposed myself as a beta cuck, apparently. So we're just beta gonna. Here. <laughs> Kevin said, "Y'all ever? You sounded like you literally sounded like a like a guidance counselor who was like hosting like a seminar class, like a health class. He was like, now has anyone here ever been peer pressured like you saw, like in the film I just showed you? Has anyone ever felt that kind of peer pressure? <laughs> and the class is silent." <laughs> Folks, that was an episode of Aya versus the Big Boy. <laughs> uh, it's a happy Halloween to all and to all a good night, baby. Uh, Ali, yo, thank you so much for joining us on this crazy adventure for our big Halloween episode. I got it, guest. Iconic guest. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed this. Where can we find you on the internet? If you want us to find you on the internet. <laughs> so my YouTube is Ali Novak. And then you guys can, if anyone wants to follow me on Letterboxd, it's Joyce Byers, which is Winona Ryder's character from Stranger Things. Whoa! <laughs> so, yeah. Stranger Things head! Why didn't, we, why didn't we talk about Stranger Things on this episode? Rewind! You, I, I, you, ha- you have to stop doing this. At the end of every episode, you bring up, why didn't we do this instead? And it's just... It, Who's the hottest Stranger Things character? Weigh in, Allie. Oh, that is, don't ask that question. That it is. Nope, Winona don't do that. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. It's a cast of all children. I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding that. It's, I am 
show, it is um, my king, Steve. <laughs> That's my take. Winona's hot is hell in that, though. <laughs> Uh, you can also find Allie's writing over on Merry Go Round Magazine. She just dropped uh, a lineup uh, of all-nighter horror movies. Uh, something that we've been doing all month on the site leading up to the Merry Go Round Massacre happening uh, tonight, if you're listening to this on Halloween. Uh, we're going to be showing 12 straight hours of programming over on the Merry Go Round Magazine Twitch. Uh, I'm... I'm doing this off of a laptop, and I'm going to do it until my router explodes. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. Aya, <laughs> uh, you want to do the rigmarole that you know so well? Thank you so much for listening to Aya versus the Big Boys on the Mary Garon Magazine Podcast Network. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music if you're a freak. I don't what know. What the fuck? I know. There's a long list. Go on. We should get a chartable account and just drop that link anywhere. Um, please follow Mary Graham Magazine on Twitter, Instagram, and facebook.com uh please follow me at if you want you don't have to at um aya lhmn on twitter and instagram um i always forget what to say here listen to re go read mary Graham magazine all three of us actually have done our uh overnight all-nighter movie marathon so if you need some programming for your halloween day Feel free to go read those lists and get some ideas. Um, just, and between the three of us, it's just 18 straight recommendations. It, it, it's crazy. So much crazy. content for you to consume at home. Content. Have a monster mash, baby. Happy freaking Halloween. Stay safe. Don't go trick-or-treating, you freaks. Don't go to parties. Have fun times. Stay at home. Watch, uh, turn on a little spooky movie. And uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Stream Dynamite by BTS. I don't know. <laughs> My plug every week. <laughs> Yo, also, make sure uh, there's still time right now to when you're listening to this episode to vote. Go oh, vote. shit. <laughs> Go do that shit. That is happening from when this episode drops. In just a few days, all of our lives are going to become absolute hell 10 times over than they already are right this second. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> uh, it's two weeks away. I am... I. I Oh, fuck me. Fuck me. I hate this. I hate this. Wah. Go vote. Do it. Um, is it Prop 22? That's that's the, the no, no good bad 22. one? No on 22. No on 22. Vote Nancy Gorov, New York. Vote Nancy. Vote for Nithya Raman in LA if you can. I wish I could, oh. but I can't. God, me too. Fuck. Uh, our next episode is going to be maybe... <laughs> The, the most chaotic, worst reaction to a national debacle possible. Uh, that's what you get on Ivers the Big Boys. That's what you get, baby. Uh, listen to us. I'm at Kevin Cookman on all the socials. If for some reason you want to listen to the guy on this podcast, <laughs> yes, all power to you. Um, oh, God. Uh, stay, stay strong out there, folks. Uh, you're going to need it. Yep. That's it. Bye. Bye. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Me, no, 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 no. Tell me how you stop it. Even if I want it. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Me, no, 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 no. I miss what you were saying. I was miles away. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Now I got a chance.
Jaws. I was busy thinking about boys. 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 I was busy dreaming about boys.